a miss. Look at the figure. Look at the turn. Oh, that was brilliant. Luke Bruce. Gee, it's a good kick. It is a great kick. It's one for the ages. O'Brien, some candy. And then a goal. Lewis runs into the open goal. Thank you very much. The Hawks are back in town. We're a few weeks away from round one, and here on the Hawk Talk podcast, it's time to check in with you, the listeners. Yes, it's a big mailbag edition of the podcast, but before we get to your burning questions, there's a couple of news items that we need to address. So let's get down to business. My name is Nick Mason, and with me as always is my wonderful co-host, delighted by the news of Punky putting pen to paper again. G'day, Tiz. G'day, mate. That is the good news, and we lead with the good news this week. (laughs) (laughs) Punky, a hawk for life. What a brilliant player he's been for us. And will continue to be, hopefully. A triple premiership player. He shunned free agency to stay with us, so that means a lot. Um, Unlike some other recent premiership hawks that uh, couldn't see their way to do that. Name redacted, of course, Tiz. Yeah, well, I mean, this bloke, Brewster, averaging 22 games a season. How about that? That is insane. His consistency in general is absolutely nuts. If you look at his career to date... His output in terms of just scoring alone is just absolutely nuts. He's just so professional. I mean, he plays the percentages. Some would say he's a little bit boring, but my goodness, is he effective. Crafty, classy, he's got a formidable bag of tricks, does Luke Bruce. Uh, We heard from Rob McCartney commenting on the contract extension, saying, with a new wave of players coming through the ranks, Luke's experience and knowledge will be essential in helping them learn the ropes of AFL football. He is of great character and a good example to his younger teammates of the values and standards required to build a successful and sustained career. Now, he's one of my favourite Hawks, is Luke Bruce, and uh, I think he is still very much an essential puzzle piece to this lineup, and uh, I'm very pleased that he's uh, sticking around. I think we're going to need him. He's running when not in possession, and positioning at contests, being front and centre. Uh, it's If you could inject that in, into the other players, it would be brilliant. I understand there's a few young players looking pretty good um, at training, so either the old blokes are looking terrible, or this young brigade <laughs> might have something. <laughs> Well, I've heard there's a bit of buzz about Tyler Brockman. He's the one that just uh, he keeps on getting a bit of a nod, so I'm interested to see what happens with him. They're talking about his tackling pressure and a little bit of finesse. And Look, a forward that never spends time in the twos, I'm all for that, I think. <laughs> It'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Uh, now, we made mention of uh, one Rob McCartney before, uh, so we should get to this big news. He's been appointed head of football. Yeah, a bit startling. We were only just re- finished reading an article about how they'd put this board together to try and find the next one uh, to be the head of football, and Richie Vandenberg was in charge and just finished the article, and all of a sudden he's picked. Yeah, the, the latest scoop from uh, Mark McGowan was uh, someone from leading teams was sticking around to uh, join the process to uh, select the next candidate. But... Um, I guess realistically, though, I mean, Wright's departure before that announcement had been, what, three weeks ago? So, I mean, I think it has been a pretty effective and rigorous process, as they say. And Jeff said that they've been planning for him to leave for a while, so it wasn't 
wasn't outside the realms of possibility, that one. Yeah, I, I just caution supporters in thinking uh, this is like some sort of knee-jerk snap reaction. I, I think they put in their due diligence, put the time in to find the next guy, and it ended up being Rob McCartney, who, uh, you know, you would have seen that he was acting as the interim head of football since Graham Wright's departure, so he just steps into that role very nicely. First joined the Hawks in November 2014 as the club's head of development, and uh, Tizzy's said to be pretty popular at the club and regarded as a wise and intelligent leader. So uh, all good things. Turned up for the third cup, so he knows what winning a premiership's like or how to get around, get about doing it. Head of development since then, Nick. How's that looking? <laughs> How's that panned out? <laughs> oh, it's, it's been a few hits, few misses. Yeah, you know, it's, it's tough. It's a tough gig. It is a tough gig. It is a tough gig. But from all accounts, very popular. Um, heard him interviewed. He turns himself out professionally. He's got a background in teaching which is very important with the players these days uh, they need someone who can clearly express what's needed uh, the standards that are required things like that so um, yeah apparently he's been the butt of a few pranks too over his time so he must have a, a decent um, you know ego to roll with that and and also you need a good sense of humor don't you so he sounds like a well-rounded character, and this is more of an admin role now, so good luck to him. Well, I think to your point, yeah, you're right. You don't get that stuff without a good rapport with personnel, you know? Exactly. He must be a bloke that you can go and talk to, you know? He's not one that uh, pushes you away. The social media response to uh, Rob McCartney's appointment has been wholly positive, overwhelmingly, in fact, from what I could see. And uh, I'm with them. I'm with them on that one. So welcome, Rob McCartney. The new appointment to the, the head of football. He's been promoted, if you liked his, and uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Big shoes to fill, but uh, I think he'll uh, he'll do a fine job indeed. Did we get an opinion on from Don Scott about Rob? <laughs> no, no. Strangely silent. Um, probably because it was a popular move. Unlike, uh, say, moving the club to Tassie. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you carry on. Let me carry on. No, no, no. This is your segment, mate. This is your soapbox. It's your time to shine. How about you step up and defend the indefensible? You, I know you're a big fan of Jeff. You like Jeffrey, and this is your time, mate. Go on. Well, what's he doing? This is this is totally outside the custodian thing he always talks about. Picking the club up and moving it. Just get the Kennedy Centre built. And thanks for your time, Jeff. That's uh, <laughs> that. That's my advice to him. That's what I want to see done. Um, judging from the list, we're not going to see premierships in the very near future. He has to set a base for the next premiership. So um, this kind of stuff, oh, I was scratching my head for a couple of days, did not enjoy reading a lot of social media comments. Um, and also, why keep that jaw why why even open that door why leave it ajar this is weird and strange and didn't need to be said and is the afl in such a bad position that this is actually on the cards i mean we've already dived in pretty deep here but in case anyone has missed it we'll bring you up to speed uh jeff Kennett dropping the bombshell that uh well the suggestion that the club could relocate to tasmania in the future which uh you know, I, I don't think we need to provide more context than that because that is what happened. You don't need to uh, feather it with any more than that. Um, it's pretty horrific. How bad are things off-field, not, not just at Hawthorne, but in the AFL generally, that he's putting his hand up saying, well, look, we don't know what the future will be, 
perhaps Hawthorne will be playing in, in Tassie. I mean, we're a big club. We're meant to be a big club. Surely we could stare down north and send them there. The thing that really showed up, Jeff, was uh, the CEO of North came out and just delivered the perfect response to placate the members and, and all North Melbourne supporters who hoped that they would remain where they are. Basically, he gave a blunt and direct, no, not happening. We're not moving anywhere. North Melbourne is staying where it is. It's been there for 100 plus years and this is our home. We're doing stuff with Arden Street. We're not going anywhere. How hard was it for Jeff to just say something similar to that? You could just effectively copy and paste that response and just insert Kennedy Community Centre and it just would have been fine, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Now that, when he said that, I thought, oh... This could be it. This could be Jeff's play to keep Tassie for Hawthorne's sake because, quite honestly, North don't give a stuff. Oh, so, so this is a little bit of that 4D chess that Jeff is famed for. Oh, yes, the 4D chess. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm being generous here, but in terms of how he is showing his face to the AFL commission, he's going, look, we're going to be here for the good of the game. And Tassie is a legitimate venue for AFL. So he's spoken to the Taswegians and he's spoken to the AFL commission and he's totally ignored any support from the Hawthorne membership, which, uh, and, and, and spoken without consent from the board, I'd have to say. Mind you, we'd all have to vote to move anyway, so it's all bluff. What are you talking about we'd have to vote to move? I mean, you're talking about this is a man who's fronted the media, who's just given himself three more years. The members didn't get a vote on that. Why would we get a vote on this? What are you talking about? No, we did get a vote. It was just it was just voted for without, without any, you know, we didn't have any choice. Um, but in this case... But in this case, we would have a choice. And just like we stared down uh, Melbourne, we'd, we'd have to stare down and move to Tassie and, and vote against it. So it would never happen. But what I'm trying to work out is why Jeff would even go there in the first place. And if it's to keep Tasmania on side with us, because the AFL do not have the cash to give them a side. If it's just to placate them, get a bit more money out at the expense of North, who obviously have no intent of building the game, Right, and we've heard in the past that the that the bloke who's trying to commission a side down there, uh, he's like, well, they've done nothing for the game for twenty years, both Hawthorne and North, which was just ridiculous, flew in the face of of all his statistics. So there's a big bun fight going on back there, and there's a lot of cash Hawthorne probably needs. I think there's one tiny little detail that you might have just uh, skimmed over, and that's the fact that uh, back in the day, one Jeffrey Kennett was pro-merger. Yeah, Hawks Melbourne should have merged. I mean, there are a lot of people on that side, and they were acolytes of the Hawthorne Football Club. They were dominating presences, and to be honest... We are very lucky that the membership stood up and we're very lucky that the that the contrarian Don Scott could be convinced to do so. Well, all I'm saying is that this is the guy that's the president of this footy club. He was once upon a time pro-merger. So, I mean, you can't discount people's concerns, is my point. You can't discount the uh, discontentment among the supporter base when they hear something like this. I mean, talking about Don Scott... Uh, 
he had a fair bit to say about it. He was critical of the comments, declaring Kennett had acted with, uh, quote, a total lack of respect for the board, end quote, essentially disregarding their input. He suggested the comments would get a lot of Hawthorne supporters offside, and uh, that would be correct, Tiz. <laughs> yeah, low-hanging fruit from Scotty, but he is correct. He's absolutely correct. I mean, if you want to pot Kennett, uh, you know, he set himself up. It's a classic thing. It's becoming an ongoing, like, recurring quote of this podcast. Own goals, mate. Kennett just needs to really be less clumsy. Because I understand trying to keep Tazzy onside and playing 4D chess and all this nonsense. I have to imagine there's a plan. I have to imagine because if there's not a plan going on... If there's on, not a plan going on, he's just fronted the media and, and slapped thousands, tens of thousands of, of supporters in the face. That's what he's done. Like, this is a massive slap in the face. And after all that goodwill over 2020, which he himself highlighted, and Reeves and the board, just the club in general, thanks so much for sticking with us. This is a tough year. We're all in this together. Get your membership. Support the club. It's it's through you that we're able to survive. I mean, all that goodwill just instantly evaporates the second you say, eh, we're going to take your team away from you. Stuff that. I mean... It's just such an appalling and and clumsy... That's generous as well, to say it was a clumsy comment. He should be better at this by now, Jeff. And I was just blindsided by such a thing. And and a lot of supporters should be upset. Yep. It was also the timing too, wasn't it? Uh, We were already in in not the best frame of mind so well that's it for, for victorians here like we're informed that we're going into another lockdown and then you know it was a busy day we had the bruce re-signing we had the lockdown announcement jeff came out with this this so-called bombshell and you, you view it through the lens of i haven't seen my team play live in well over a year and now you're talking about moving my team away like i just don't need this today mate like do you know what's going on with Vic? If anyone knows what's going on with Victoria, mate, it's Jeff. He bloody tweets about it every five seconds. <laughs> so Anyway, we're not going to be moving. It's all bluff, bluster. I'm not sure what the end game is, but I really hope it involves North pissing off. <laughs> You're sounding a bit like me. Oh, jeez. I, I saw one North supporter going, oh, they're a bit touchy at Hawthorne. Is the, this the first time you've been linked with a move to Tassie? You'll get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they get it constantly. They've always got that link. Uh, Yeah, look, it is a bit of a storm and a teacup because it isn't happening. And again, three words, Kennedy Community Centre. We're we're putting all of our funds into that. We're not moving anywhere anytime soon. That is the project. That's the thing that's keeping us grounded here. But to that end, Tiz, it's a storm and a teacup that didn't need to happen. You just don't need to be saying this stuff. And I I wish Jeff would do better. Uh, Well, I I guess... The Eddie vacuum has begun. At <laughs> the Eddie vacuum, I'm just picturing an airlock in space. <laughs> oh, Eddie's gone, and I get the feeling that, um, in terms of the the blokes that stood up to AFL House, he was a big factor. So Essendon and Hawthorne seem to be quite adept at, at getting together and opposing certain things from AFL House, and I think Eddie was another one who stood up to them as well. So uh... Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, stood up to them, but will work in collaboration with them, as well as Jeff, with the, the COVID task force. So, I mean, I mean, they can't be such uh, antagonists of the league, can they? Well, it was, it was about how much the IFL wanted to rip out of the successful clubs and give to the non-successful. 
and uh, they they stared them down on that. Yeah, such a, such a Robin Hood organisation, aren't they? The AFL. Well done. Well, they've. I, I I'm really pissed off actually. More more about this article I read by Ben Waterworth about how the uh, AFLW is situated at the moment with all the new teams being at the bottom of the ladder. Shock horror, right? And uh, he says, oh, they need more time before they add new teams to this. I read that too. Oh, my God, that got under my skin. Listen, Ben, get stuffed, Ben. (laughs) We're coming. Don't worry about us. We'll be fine. We'll be better than most of those other sides. We've actually done the VFL stuff, all right? We know what we're doing. We can't be marked on these other piddly little clubs that can't get their act together. <laughs> I completely agree. Don't put us in their basket. <laughs> and he's usually pretty good, Ben Waterworth. I've seen him at Box Hill City over a few times. So uh, so what you're saying is, if I do run into you, Ben, no hard feelings, I'll walk all that back. Bit of deer in the headlight stuff, I reckon. <laughs> I did enjoy that moment that Geelong hadn't scored and their opponents also had no percentage and they actually needed them to at least score a point. <laughs> So they could validate a percentage on the table. I just enjoyed that no end. But anyway. So really, uh, Geelong failure in all its forms is quite enjoyable, is what you're saying. It was just a lovely little statistical anomaly. Yeah, They it was. had to score in order to get the boost in the percentage. Anyway, I cannot wait for the Hawthorne club to have their own AFLW team. And it's just ridiculous that we haven't got one, but... Jeez, it's going to be difficult to convince them. I'm just so ready for it. Every single year the AFLW season comes around, and I'm like, oh, I just want to enjoy this more than I am. I, I need my colours out there. I need the, I need to be part of that tribe. That's how I connect. That's how I connect with football. It's how I connect with the game. I need my colours out there. And if you haven't watched it, they've improved leaps and bounds. Oh, yeah, we should say that. The comp's doing uh, doing great stuff. Um, everyone's come along so well, and it's it's... The most entertaining it's ever been. In the next couple of years, the girls that saw it starting when they were about 14 and they've been pitching themselves and the ambition's been there to play AFLW, rather than the girls that came from other sports just to play, uh, they'll start hitting the teams and you'll see another rise in the talent and the... uh, you know, the watchability. It's that groundswell, that grassroots is building, and uh, it'll be great. It'll be great. It's, it's only getting better and better all the time. The way to make it better, get a Hawthorne team in there. Yeah. Now, today is all about the mailbag. I took some convincing to do this. <laughs> Don't be like that. Uh, we have so many questions that we've actually got to carry uh, a few select ones over to a different episode, uh, which we'll make mention towards the end. Um, thanks, everyone, for submitting your questions uh, via Instagram and, and Twitter. That's where we put the call out, at HawkTalkPod and HawkTalkPod on Instagram. Uh, let's get this going. Let's open up the mailbag and start with a question from Hank. Uh, what are you most looking forward to this season? What would be your worst case for the season? Oh, what am I most looking forward to? Let's let's say that going to the footy is a given and, um, you know, getting a couple of wins. I would love to see just some fluid ball movement for a few goals. Not out the back goals. We know we can do that. Most teams can do that, right? I want to see the fluidity of the forward ball momentum break down the defense of the opposition. If I see that in two or three games, um, I'll be wrapped because I know that the new styles of forward play that have come in um, will be working. So the sort of thing you're talking about, are you talking about you know, class across the field, like some sort of silky aspect to our game? No, it's like uh, not the quick kind of attack. Like I know we can do it. 
and it's easier to score that way and it's a counter-attack. I want to see us control the ball, chip it around, take the best options and eventually score. It shows maturity, it shows class, as you said, and it shows that we've got a belief in the structure that we're and the uh, and the plan that we're going ahead with. That's how you judge sides. If they if they have the poise to hold the ball first of all and wait for that best option. I mean, this could be a couple of years ahead of us yet, but that's what we need. It's what we should be looking for. That would be the best. The worst case scenario is long kicks to no one and playing for distance. That kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, what am I looking forward to most this season? Uh, well, the word forward there is the operative one. I'm just looking for something different in the forward line. We That has been a project for two to three years now, and I really hope that we're getting somewhere with it. I mean, you know, we've got McRae in now. Maybe he'll work his magic and, you know, change a few things up, but... Yeah, look, I'm looking for something different uh, and an attempt to rectify some of the problems we've had. The worst case scenario would be exactly as you've said, Tiz. The same old stuff, uh, doing doing players like Mitch Lewis dirty, just popping it on his head with a big contest at the ball. Um, just any of that ridiculous play. Now, I know that opposition teams are going to force us into that sometimes. That's just how the game's played. But if we can get away with not doing that, I'd be very happy indeed. But if, if if we fall back into that pattern, that might be the, the worst case scenario for me. Yeah, if we can start seeing the influence of McRae and some different forms of attack, we could really startle a few teams because I think we have good talent. I don't think we have a good mix. Yeah, no, this is a team that needs to innovate strategically as well. So I hope that we see a bit of that. Uh, our next question, it comes from Liam here. Could you each name three things you want to see this year for Hawthorne and how likely they are out of 10? And he says, besides the obvious stuff, like a premiership. Ooh, okay. Uh, tall forward kicks 10. How likely? Doesn't happen very often now. Let's say more than five would be pretty good. Um, <laughs> You've halved it. I've halved it, and I haven't doubled the probability. So uh, <laughs> I'd have to say there's a 5% chance of that happening. Finals, what are our chances there? One in 16. I mean, you can get rid of two of the teams already. They're not playing. So I just hope it's not a compromised season, to be honest. And what I would love to see from Hawthorne, and I think this is a 50-50, is that they can get some youth in the Box Hill side, get Sam, getting them working together, and then they come up into the firsts and we see them click. Because we haven't, we haven't seen that. It's been very, very, uh, very, very hard to see a guy just adapt to the seniors quickly. I mean, it happened with Day, um, but that's pure talent. But in terms of mixability and and really hitting their role straight off the bat that hasn't happened for a while well let me pick it up from there i I would beg to differ with one guy in particular damon greaves i reckon he might be the last good example where he sort of finally slotted into the senior side and he looked comfortable enough i think he managed the three games didn't he and he, he looked like he could hang so that sort of ties into one of the three things that I want to see this year for Hawthorne. Damon Greaves, Rising Star Norm. Ooh. If we could get that, I reckon that'd be a good one. Uh, my next one would be uh, Shawnee Burgoyne reaches 400. And for us to be there... What would you reckon that is? 75% or above. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on that. I think that'll be that'll happen. Uh, my third one would be uh, Mitch Lewis, his ascension... 
uh, restarts or resumes rather. I think we can all agree that last season for him was no good. Uh, there were a variety of factors at play. It just didn't really materialise for him. Uh, and I think and he wasn't first choice. No, no, he wasn't. Uh, but he's sure as hell going to be in contention this year, mate. So he, he's got to step up, and I hope that he does. I think he's I think he's first choice this year. So there you go, Liam. Uh, we heard from Enns. If way back when the Hawks had merged with Melbourne, would either of you have supported the merged team, supported another team in the league, or would you have given footy the flick? Oh, no, I probably would have supported the merge side. What makes this really interesting, though, Essendon would not have won the 2000 grand final. The Dorks would have... <laughs> dorks! Is that the merge team? I guess it would have been. We would have been the, the Dorks. The Melbourne Dorks. No, uh, the Melbourne Hawks. <laughs> the, it's the darkest timeline, truly. In every which way you slice it, no good. But I, look, I would have been like about eight years old. My allegiance was still embedded with the family with Hawthorne and I probably just would have done whatever my dad did because that's that's what ended up happening like I, I Hawthorne was you know has been in my family for years and years and years decades and uh that's I kind of got indoctrinated indoctrinated from a very young age and I reckon whatever he decided to do and my brother for that matter I just would have gone along with him in the end. And I think it still would have played out the same way. I, I reckon I still would have got some uh, some interference from my mum's side of the family, some pressure to, you know, come over and support Essendon. I think that still would have gone the same way. Imagine the wingman, Woe Woden and Crawford. Woe Woden, Brownlow medalist, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, <laughs> sorry, shiver went up my spine. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was an interesting... Avenue of thought, and one I will instantaneously forget. Now, um, Mike asks, with Scully and Silk retiring and no longer on the list at the end of 2021, who should we chase? Now, part of me included this question because uh, I feel like it has a ready-made answer. We have two guys at the club currently uh, that are training with us. We have uh, Will Bravo and Jackson Callow. I mean, Will Bravo... That is a comic strip hero name, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And Jackson Keller is straight out of the WWE. Is it? It sounds like a pro wrestler name. Oh, okay. He's impressive. He's got a good good size to him, Jackson Keller. Well, they're both impressive in their respective traits. I mean, you know, you lose Scully and Patton off the list, and I guess Will Bravo being an inside mid with a bit of explosiveness... He's got a bit of a strength and class and speed to his game, which is good. And then Jackson Callow, more of your tall forward, uh, well, utility rather, um, who could easily fill that list spot vacated by Patton. And we are assuming it's coming to that, ladies and gentlemen, that that list spot will be available. But yeah, if we're talking about trying to replace them on the list, uh, we've got two guys training and they have an opportunity before them that uh, they've got to grab. They do. And all power to them. I mean, this is this is a lifeline I think Bravo was quite unlucky to be overlooked. And Callow, I mean, not many are taken out of Tassie, are they? They uh, they usually have to leave, play somewhere else before they're even looked at. So we've had a couple of good Taswegians. Is that a thing? Is Taswegian an actual... Taswegian is a thing. I laughed at it before, but I think it's, yeah, people will know what you're talking about. Uh, the little thing about uh, Jackson Callow, I believe it's Callow rather than Bravo, Um he had a, a brief stint or affiliation with North, with North Melbourne. Um, and I don't think that, well, it clearly didn't materialise into anything more. Gee, you'd love to steal one out from under their nose, wouldn't you, Nick? You read my mind precisely, Tiz. That's exactly my point. Wave it in front of him. <laughs> Look what you could have had. 
<laughs> oh, I'm so predictable. That's all right. <laughs> we have a question from Gus here. How many games does James Cousins play? As many as his body allows. It's where they're played, which is the... Uh, is it Box Hill or is it uh, Hawthorne? I- I'm going to predict that it can't, it's probably not more than 10. Is that because there's too many similar types? or I just... The midfield at Hawthorne's kind of set. You need someone to be... Oh, I don't know. We've lost we've lost the wing there. I reckon there's a bit of time for Jager to spend on the wing, which may let them have a rotation with with Cousins now. Um, Jager would love some free space. He's just not very quick. It, it's hard to say. Cousins is in an interesting spot. I mean... He's got he's contracted to the end of this year, and I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if he moved somewhere else. To be honest, it's a bit of the old Hallahan's about him. Yes, yeah, definitely. Be a damn shame because Cousins can play. I reckon he's good. I mean, Hallahan went up to uh, Gold Coast and then wondered why he couldn't get in the team with Ablett there. Got a bit of the uh, Braden Prusas about it. <laughs> Left and went to Melbourne. Wondered why he couldn't be primary ruck. <laughs> Uh, now, next question from Mouse here. Uh, who has pole position to be our next small forward for round one? Do you think it will be the same by the end of the year? Look, Hanrahan has to be the guy. Yeah, I, I'd say he's clear favourite to, to line up in round one. Yeah, if he doesn't turn up for most of the year, then it's up for anybody, really. Um, and he'll be on his... He'll be out. That's as simple as that. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Hanrahan will get... If he doesn't explode from the blocks and make a really good, strong first impression for 2021, he'll get, you know, your four or five games, and then I reckon it's up for grabs. Like, they'll start trying other players. I have no worries about Hanrahan doing that. I think he's progressed wonderfully. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's getting better and better. He, he He's taken some poor games where he's made bad decisions and second-guessing himself, but we started to see him actually expressing his own talents coming to the end of the year and um, he got dropped because uh, he wasn't playing well enough and then he responded. Yeah, at this point in time, I back in um, Ollie. Uh, I see no reason not to. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. As for the question, do you think it'll be same by the end of the year? Uh, it's in his hands, I think. Brockman. Brockman should, be, uh, should have a look in by the end of the year, I would think. And we should also mention Morris. Don't forget him. He's, uh, he's a favourite of Clarko. So I'm pretty sure he'll be getting some games. He's a favourite of himself as well. The, the swagger, the bravado, it's all there. I don't mind that. I don't <laughs> mind that at all. In fact, I love that. <laughs> so do I. If he turns up to the game with a badge of himself on his chest, I don't <laughs> mind. Love that visual. That is brilliant. We have another question here from Kingy. Uh, can both Bruce and Gunston reach, reach 500 goals for Hawthorne? Bruce is on, what, 398 or something now? I'm not sure about Gunston. Oh, hey, Gunston's around the same, isn't he? So Brewster's on 408, and he's averaging 1.85 goals per game. He's played 220 games, and he's 30 this year. So he'd need about 50 games on that average. And if we're saying that uh, it's going to be harder for him to score, or is it going to be easier for him to score? Well, ideally, he doesn't get as much of a look in because we've got other talent coming through who are stealing the limelight. But then again, he's a senior figure and they're always going to kick to him now, right? Yes, yeah, that's true. So 50 games, 22 games a year, he's 30, probably not getting it. So he needs three seasons. Can he do it? I'd love to see him do it. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's a good shot. He'd need to change his role. He'd need to stay near a goal. 
So I can see him staying closer to goal as he ages. I think that's a natural progression. Uh, Gunston is uh, 12 less games than Bruce, so 208. He's on 398 goals, as we as we all remember, after he passed off to Stratton <laughs> and uh, scores 1.91 goals a game. He's 29 this year, meaning he needs about 53 games and an average of eight, 18 games a season, so he needs three more years. I reckon Garners is much more likely, as long as he doesn't play in defence, to, to hit, kick the 500 goals. But, you know, Bruce is so, so good at just turning up every week, getting a couple of goals, right? That if he gets a couple of bags, as he, you know, we'd be harking back a bit, but he's kicked a few in his time. Um, if he gets the wrong opponent or the wrong matchup, or he, he can rock up and register three or four in a game, no problem. Clarko and McRae will have really good plans for blokes like Brewsty. So this is something to watch over the next few years. The next question is a bit of a curly one from SJ. Uh, what's the weirdest interaction you've had with a player? Now I've got to be uh, forthcoming with this. I don't. I, I haven't had that many interactions. With players, the the one that stands out for me, it's not even particularly weird. And I've told it on the pod before. Is this is this when I basically had a hard word to you at the after the AGM, and I said you need to go and have a photo with Finn and Will one day, <laughs> which actually happened. We do have that photo and Smith as well. Oh, uh, sorry, name redacted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh damn it! I broke the rule. <laughs> oh jeez, I tell you what. They've got a few injuries amassing down at Sleepy Hollow, so... Yeah, you hate to see it. Anyway. Uh, no, the weirdest interaction, the, the one that's, that, that, that springs to mind for me is... Um, it's one I've mentioned on the pod before. I was at a Sydney Swans family day, and Buddy was there, and I was getting stuff signed for my then-girlfriend, and I basically, in front of all his teammates, thanked him for all his time at Hawthorne and everything he did. <laughs> and he was really good about it. He was great, but I saw afterwards his teammates were ribbing him about it. It was fun. <laughs> So that, that, that's my favourite one. But uh, what about you, Tiz? I think you've spoken to a lot more players than me. I have, but the weirdest one, the one that sticks with me is in about 2005, I was sitting on the train going into uni and opposite me is this baby-faced tubby fella. I thought, I recognise you off the cards. Um, and it's Jordan Lewis. So right. I sort of, you know... Sort of going, hey, uh, are, are you Jordan? And like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gone. He went a little bit red, and then eventually he said, yeah. And I saw him get off at, I think it was Glen Ferry, somewhere like that. He's obviously on his way to training, but he didn't have any Hawthorne stuff on him. All right, but yeah, that'd be the weirdest one because basically he'd done nothing <laughs> and was being recognised, <laughs> and, and he completely sandbagged it appropriately. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was the weirdo. (laughs) There you go. If he had a podcast, what's the weirdest interaction you've had with a fan? He wouldn't remember that. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, Now, the next one. This is a bit of a personal question, but we did invite all all sorts of questions. One from Al. How long have you played the ukulele, Nick? Uh, I've not even really thought about this till now. Um, About, well, over a decade, yeah. And... um, 
I've gotten multiple ukuleles. I have at least... Hang on. What, are there different timbres to the sound, or why do you have a few of them? Like, what is the... Well, well, for a start, there's four behind me at the moment, which are slightly out of frame for tears, but you can count on this four behind me, and two of them have pickup. Uh, in other words, you can plug them in and play them electric. So that's electric ukuleles. Yes, that's right, yeah. Um, and yeah, the other two are without pickup. They all have their own distinct sort of sound that I quite enjoy. They like they all have their own personality. To be a complete wanker about it, are these like antique? Like, do you get antique ukuleles? Or? No, no. One of them is from JB Hi-Fi, right? <laughs> and it's actually a decent one. It's one of my favourite ones. Uh, there's another one from Canada. Uh, which I didn't intend on buying while I was over there, but I was just missing it too much, missing playing. So hang on, Canadian ukulele or... Are ukuleles like a Hawaiian thing? I don't know if they originate from there, but they are... Um, they do have cultural significance there, yeah. I think we should come back to this each week, the ukulele <laughs> chat. <laughs> Nick's ukulele corner. <laughs> Not sure how popular that would be on a Hawthorne podcast, but anyway. Someone on Twitter was asking the, the cheer squad whether he could take a drum... To the G. <laughs> I, I just, that is a Pandora's box, surely. What instrument gets barred if a drum <laughs> makes it in? I don't know. It could add to the atmosphere. A stadium full of ukuleles. You'd be for that, right? If played well. I reckon you could do the Hawthorne Club song on a ukulele pretty well. I can. Will I do it? That's another question for another mailbag. Thanks, Al, for your question. That sounds like the outro, but anyway. <laughs> We've got a few more to get through. Uh, Peter asks us, it's increasingly likely that Hawthorne members will not get to attend any Melbourne match that they want to with crowd size restric- restrictions in play. What are your views regarding how to make this a type of situation as equitable as possible for all members, not just corporates? You advocating a lottery? Uh, effective- effectively, yeah. I'm advocating a ballot in this case. How, how, I mean, how else are you going to do it? Well, you could play pokies for it. Could... <laughs> Hawthorne would love that. <laughs> Anything to justify our continued arrangement there. And, uh, well, you know, it should be all about loving the game, not the odds of you attending one. <laughs> now, they, I don't know how they meant to do that because they've got to reward the people that are um, committed the most. Uh, so long-term members should obviously have a higher... Um, and people who paid more, people who paid a huge amount last year, and, and you know they've got to reward the people who didn't take the money back, and it's it's very difficult because the financial situations of a lot of members, and, and it, it doesn't mean anything um, really about their commitment to the club. It's just that they can't put that money together to do it this time. I just uh, feel a bit uneasy with the the insinuation that money talks. I mean, me as a gold member, um, do I automatically, because I pay for that, do I get more rights? That doesn't seem okay with me. I mean, you get it to finals and that's why you pay it. So yeah. you might have to treat it like finals. That that might be the way. Yeah, I didn't think of it from that angle. When you justify it like that, yeah. I don't know. You, you see my point though. It, it doesn't sit with me right i think if they don't get it right people will walk away from their memberships so you've got to be equitable yeah you, you've got to do right by the people keeping the club alive jeff uh <laughs> <laughs> and he hasn't addressed it either that's the weird no thing. one's addressed it no one at the club has said anything about it like it's the most normal thing ever we got that email 
We got that email midweek, and I'm like, surely this is going to have something. They could put anything out anytime they want. He's the bloody president, Tiz, and you got the board there sitting there saying nothing. They can do whatever they want to address it, and they've said nothing. That's why I think it's part of a plan. Oh, don't it's be part say of a plan, that. Nick. It's going to be awesome. No. Oh yeah, Hobart will be blue and white now. Um, <laughs> well, well, that's a plan I can get behind. Adam, what are your thoughts on crowds at the footy in the 2021 after this lockdown? Um, well, we've got through till Tuesday night and there hasn't been any community transmission, so... It seems to be holding steady, right? Uh, yeah, it does. I mean, I'm confused about just how long these incubation periods are meant to take and we'll see tomorrow with the announcement, but uh, the vaccine is here for 142,000 and then we've got the rights to make the AstraZeneca with uh, CSL, so... We're moving towards a more stable situation, um, but they're definitely going to have some restrictions on the crowd numbers. Yeah. Um, what are our thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, have crowds. Um, just be sensible about it. It can be done. It can be done, for sure. I mean, we were doing it last year. The league was putting stuff in place, so it could easily work in Melbourne. Um, and as for me attending the football, uh, I think by the time we get to about March, yeah, I'd be comfortable with that. Have they still outlawed singing? Because, oh, there it is. Just... It's going to be really... <laughs> Do you ever think about being an M10, just how many other people's breaths you've inhaled? Yeah, I, I'm not going to be there. I'm not, I'll, I will not, I'll be taking a seat and I'll be far away from most people. It's not going to be the same. And I, I've had to come to terms with that. It, that era of M10 was... It's locked away in time now. Oh, that'll that'll come back. That'll come back. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, it might be a generational thing, but for now, that's a period locked in time, and you know, it's a lightning in a bottle. Really, that that was an amazing period of time, but yeah, we move on. Footy's different now. Attending the footy is different now, uh, but I do feel good about attending. Uh, certainly, by the time we get to March, I'll be more than ready to get back to the footy, and I hope that we can. It's just dawned on me that. I won't be listening to Sam Mitchell's addresses. Oh, no. I'm not going to be allowed on that field, am I? No, you're not, mate. Oh, I know you're looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm going to have to get one of those listening devices that <laughs> extends over a 30-metre <laughs> yeah. area. You've seen those things? You look like a little radar dish. Patreon.com slash hawktalkpod to make Tizz's surveillance dreams come true. <laughs> This next question from Dino. How about a bit more about you guys, the hosts? Outside of the Caramello Koalas, I feel like us fans could get to know other stuff you're into, such as teams or sports you support, your ideal uh, footy meal, etc. So he's, the, the, the field is wide open for how to answer this one, Tiz. Um, what sports are you into besides AFL? Well, I tried to get into NFL this year. That's right, yeah. That was a struggle. Um, loved soccer for a long time, especially when Hawthorne were really crap. Um, it was good. <laughs> I played soccer as well as football for a long time. And um, with this rakish blonde hair, um, I used to take the seven and play on the, and play on the right wing. So um, Manchester United was uh, quite a favourite team, but then I haven't watched them for a long time now. You like your racing as well. That's come up on the podcast. Yeah, that's a bit of a more recent thing. I mean, I, I did attend... The Melbourne Cup many, many times, but uh, really hadn't got into it as much as I have the last five to ten years. Um, and then there was cricket, which I've sort of fallen away in interest. And, yeah, I like to go to the tennis, but I don't think I'll be doing that for a little while. No. Nope. <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, a bit on the nose, that one. Um, what about you, Nick? You, uh, you've been to um, the National Hockey League 
games. You enjoyed those. I have, yeah. Yeah, just the one game. And um, uh, that sort of developed a, I don't know, a flimsy support of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's the kind of thing where my attendance of that game, I was blown away. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And these days I still play uh, NHL on the on the PlayStation. So I do like hockey. But it's one of those things where, like, I need something to tip my fandom over to the next level. Like, I just, I don't follow it closely at all. Um, maybe if I saw more games, maybe if I started investing in, uh, like, a local league here, if I started to see more hockey live, maybe that'd be the thing. But, yeah, I, I'm a pretty fair-weather Toronto Maple Leafs fan, it must be said. Um, same as uh, in the NBA, Orlando, Orlando Magic. That was the team that I supported growing up. Oh, yeah. The NBA was massive when we were kids. That's right. And the Magic were my team and my brother's team. And Shaq was the big thing and uh, Hardaway. Um, so they, they were a good side, they were entertaining. They had uh, larger-than-life characters. Um, these days, it's just, oh, how's Orlando going? Oh, yeah, they're doing okay. And then that's... I don't pay attention to it. Although, I should say, competition for Orlando now is the um, Toronto Raptors. For much the much the same reason as the Maple Leafs. Went and saw a game, loved it. Uh, then they happened to win the championship, I think, the next year. I was like, okay, well, this could be all right. But it's the same deal. I, I give it a look every now and again, but yeah. I, I should say, just to tie a bow on all this, in terms of sports, I enjoy watching them, but Hawthorne is number one by Country Mile. Like, my, my fandom, my support of this club, of the Hawthorne Footy Club, is just uh, monumental compared to any other support for any other team. I've got to say, I'll watch other sports in order to inform myself of how Hawthorne can either get better or what they're trying to do. That's what Clarkson does. We've had association with the Eng- English Premier League sides. Clarkson goes across and watches the um, NFL, so... Uh, that's why I tried to get interested in it and follow its movements. But my goodness, there's so much more money in that. It's ridiculous. And and even with... Um, we're, we're just going to have to watch it because they're going to start sucking out more and more talent. I mean, with the NBA, they've had, what, five pick ones out of Melbourne? You know, which is ridiculous. How How on earth does this little town in Melbourne produced five NBA number ones. It's ridiculous, right? But they're going to start cottoning on. And there's a lot more money in it. And like we're seeing with the West Indies cricket side, all the talented West Indians going and playing MLB, the baseball, or trying to make it in America, you know? What's your uh, ideal footy meal is the the other aspect to Dino's question. I'm sure there's a lot more he wants to ask us here. Four and 20, you know, nothing too sophisticated. Yeah, no. It's, you, you, you almost sound like a common punter there, Tiz. I'm very common. Yeah, sure. You say from your MCC vantage point. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, number of times I've put the whatever it is inside the 4 and 20 down the front <laughs> with a tie on. You know. Maybe you are common. Not a great look. <laughs> <laughs> I would say mine, uh, I mean, there's a long running tradition now going to the London Tavern before a game. Uh, so usually it's a Palmer. Um, but if I'm stretched for time and I can't make it to the London, I might get to the MCG and have Red Rooster because right near M10, there's a Red Rooster outlet, the MCG, and uh, it's probably one of the better value things you can actually get there. So 
I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say it's good food, mate. But um, you know, there are, some of the options there are pretty dire. And I figured out is my MCG hack. The Red Rooster there is okay. You don't take a packed lunch. Packed lunch is not going to work in M10. The the closest I got to a packed lunch, and this is another story. We're fleshing out our lives and experiences. Is it Waverley? Because I had to take packed lunches to Waverley. Yeah, we're, we're going back to an era where like this is me going to the footy with my dad, and I remember um, yeah bread rolls and and. Uh, potato chips and i can even like pitch a very vivid memory of like the brand of hang on is this the is this the shane warne bread roll opening up toss the potato chips in no shut the roll? no i i resisted that for a long time recently <laughs> and i mean like last couple of years recently i've had to concede that there's something to that the food critic allowed you to do that did it <laughs> the food yeah. critic in you went Nah, let's try it. Well, it's not bad. <laughs> I, I I gave it crap for a long time, but it's actually it's better than I thought it would be. No, um, it's funny all this comes out of fleshing a, a different part of um of my life out in relation to footy. My first job was at a bakery, right? And it was a bakery that was in pretty close proximity to the MCG. So there'd be times, some shifts on weekends, where I'd finish up and I'd take... Uh, you know, six to twelve uh, scones, chocolate, blueberry, and white chalk. I'd take them to M10 and just be like, "Anyone want a scone?" <laughs> it's just a bunch of blokes snacking. And you're on... having a crack at me <laughs> in the MCC. Did you have cream with the scones? I didn't have jam and cream. Jeez, it's a not that. Cuppa, did you? A bit of the old twinings. God, it's it's not that British. <laughs> No, it's literally me with a, with a bag of scones. Just, oh, I'll pass these around. I got these for free. So <laughs> it was pretty popular those days, I'll tell you that. It sounds like something you should be doing at the cricket. Which segues nicely into Dean's question, which is not a football question. Why did the ICC have the third umpire at the ground? They are looking at videos. Might as well be in your house. It would be an independent umpire involved in the game. Thoughts? So I mulled this over for a little while and... I think Dean might have a point. Why is there anything necessitating the guy being at the ground? Yeah, I think if there's an injury to one of the umps, he's on. Is that real? Is that the case? Yeah, I think so. Well, that's enough of a reason for me then. Well, asked and answered, Dean. <laughs> I've I got to be honest, I don't know that much about cricket. I enjoy it, but I'm going to have to take your word for it, Tiz, that that's probably the case. Now, we obviously have like a ton of questions, still a few more to get to, but I thought we'd save these for a future mailbag, um, maybe even just next episode. We'll read these out quickly as a bit of a, a teaser, some sizzle for the next step tis. Uh, this one from Lee, just imagine if the Hawks build over the next four years to win the Premiership again in 2025. Who from the current squad plays in that Premiership and who's coaching it? What gaps on the field do we fill between now and then with either youth or trades? I'll have to go to my uh, projected tables of when... Talents on other sides are becoming available to come to Hawthorne. But you can see that the club is trying to secure the back line and uh, get that up and running and then build around a solid defence. Absolutely. Uh, this question from Danny as well we'll get to next week because this is a big one. Which players in our list only have this coming season to secure their future? What do they need to do to secure a contract? And let's see here. Uh, we've got about 21 names here that uh, we need to decide on by the end of 2021. I'm a little bit annoyed that the big old Nash is down here. He's having a cracking summer. Getting great reports about how good he's looked in, in his, his blue, blue hat. hat. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say Smurf-like, but of course they had white hats. All but one, tis. Which had a red hat. Correct. 
look, we'll get to all these. I mean, the, Nash being on this list is not a reflection of whether he's going to stick around or not. It's just he's out of contract. James, with the final question here that we're also going to get to, uh, could you give us the team and game plan for round one to beat the enemy, please? Lee, Danny, James, they are superb questions. Quite a lot of meat on the bone with these questions, so we're going to come back to them because, uh, uh, yeah, we could talk at length on all three. Round one is going to be big. Looking forward to it. And I think both sides are going to have tactics that the other side do not know about. I reckon you might be right. We are on the road to round one, getting closer every single second of every single day. Uh, that'll be it for this week. We better get to some social media stuff, though. If you enjoy what we do here on the Hawk Talk podcast, jump on the Apple Podcasts and you can rate us and leave a review there. Just like Camstar, HFC has done. It's a, it's a very lovely few words here from Camstar, Tiz. A must for Hawthorne fans. Quality production, great content, and with the occasional snippet from the inner sanctum. Yeah, that's what we're all about here at the Hawk Talk podcast, and that was a five-star review, and I, I think, I haven't said it in a while, that... Uh, that one made you blush. Well, it makes our day, honestly. Like, this is a really lovely thing to read. Uh, so thanks so much, Camstar HFC, and indeed everyone that's rated us so kindly uh, over the years. Uh, Twitter, at Hawk Talk Pod, we're surging towards 2,500 followers. It's kind of our social media HQ. We're, we're very keen to grow that all the time. As we are Facebook, uh, always enjoyable discourse over there especially around the, the Kennett stuff I was enjoying the uh the passion behind it mate it was so good to see facebook.com slash hawktalkpod if you want to join that conversation we're over on instagram as well hawktalk podcast and the big one for us is patreon patreon.com slash hawktalkpod what is patreon you ask well it's basically the place where if you want to support the show if you want to sling us uh, what, what what's a cup of coffee worth like four or five bucks you can name your price really you can subscribe at any tier but if you want to support the show and allow us to grow this and make it bigger and better patreon.com slash hawk talk pod and you get all sorts of perks for signing up too at the five dollar tier you get all our bonus episodes and uh we're, we're going to be putting some of those out we're just generating our ideas at the moment. It's going to be a big year for the for the podcast, including bonus apps. So you want to jump on there? Oh, it's been a bit of fun writing the player profiles for the uh, pre well for the season guide. Yes, yeah. But more and more, I feel like profiles of the coaches are the things that's going to make this club change. Oh, it's a, it's a holistic thing. Like this is uh, the club's in just such an interesting time overall like off field and on field so much is happening and uh yeah you're right we, we are currently putting together our season guide and uh i'm loving it i'm not gonna lie it's a lot of work mate but uh <laughs> i get into the zone i start writing the profiles of player by player start to preview their seasons and uh I, i'm so psyched so when we're done share this with everyone and uh, i hope they very much enjoy it because i'm enjoying putting it together i'd dictate mine to siri you can probably tell uh, it's more editing work for me uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and frankly that explains a lot listeners oh. uh, <laughs> you don't mind wow oh dear well i think that's a good place to leave it what, what you got on for this week mate uh, more sitting around until this lockdown's lifted well i mean we've only got another day of that surely but uh you know put your hand up if you if you're struggling a bit, but it, it feels like we're coming to a point where we're pretty good at controlling this now and uh, it's looking like we'll get a bit of stability in our lives again. just want to give a shout out on that note to uh, a few people that hit us up. When the lockdown was announced here in Victoria, uh, a few of our, our fans on social media hit us up. They're like, so uh, you guys putting out a podcast? And <laughs> I, I think that's, you know, 
that's very nice. I'm, I'm glad that we can be there for people. And uh, this one's for you guys. I, I hope it's found you well. I hope you've enjoyed it and been entertained for about an hour or so. It's been great, the community we've had, especially over those long months um, where we uh, we didn't have a lot of glee on-field, but we had a lot of glee off-field and, and looking to the future. And I, I think Hawthorne's made some hard decisions and we're going to reap the benefits fairly quickly, to be quite honest. And... Uh, We've had a bit of a, you know, interesting pre-season. And I think we need to leave you with the sage advice of Clarko at times like this. Um, he says, usually if things are going badly, uh, it's got something to do with one of the four Ps. And uh, one of those is not podcasts, of course. So you're, <laughs> um, you're safe here. Uh, the four Ps are the piss, the punt, the powder, and the... What is that, Nick? Is that... I'm not sure if we're allowed to say that on here. We're allowed to say... Yeah, I think that'll be it for the Hawk Talk podcast this week. (laughs) That's it. We'll be back real soon as we uh, continue on the hype train all aboard to round one. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.